0: Evening prayer starts on page 21. The Lord is in his holy temple. Let all the earth keep silence before him. Dearly beloved brethren, the scripture
1: moveth, moveth us in sundry places to acknowledge and confess our manifold sins and wickedness and that we should not dissemble nor cloak them before the face of Almighty God, our Heavenly Father, but confess them with an humble, lowly, penitent, and obedient heart, to the end that we may obtain forgiveness of the same by His infinite goodness and mercy. And although we ought at all times humbly to acknowledge our sins before God, yet ought we chiefly to do so when we assemble and meet together to render thanks for the great benefits that we re- have received at His hands, to set forth His most worthy praise, to hear his most holy word, and to ask those things which are requisite and necessary as well for the body as the soul. Wherefore, I pray and beseech you, as many as are here present, to accompany me with a pure heart and humble voice, under the throne of thy heavenly grace, saying, Almighty and most merciful Father, we have erred and strayed from thy ways like lost sheep. We have followed too much the devices and desires of our own hearts,
3: And our mouth shall show forth forth
1: Glory be to the Father, and to the Son, and to the Holy Ghost.
3: As it was in the beginning, is now, and ever shall be, world without end. Amen.
0: Praise ye the Lord.
3: The Lord's name be praised. Psalm
0: 144
1: begins on page 519. Blessed be the Lord my strength, who teacheth my hands to war and my fingers to fight.
3: My hope and my fortress, my castle and deliverer, my defender in whom I trust, who subdueth my people that is under me.
1: Lord, what is man that thou hast such respect unto him, or the son of man that thou so regardest him?
3: Man is like a thing of naught, his time passeth away like a shadow.
1: Bow thy heavens, O Lord, and come down. Touch the mountains, and they shall smoke.
3: Cast forth thy lightning, and tear them. Shoot out thine arrows, and consume them.
0: Send down thine hand from above.
1: Deliver me, and take me out of the great waters from the hand of strangers.
3: Whose mouth talketh of vanity, and their right hand is a right hand of wickedness.
1: I will sing a new song unto thee, O God and sing praises unto thee upon a ten-stringed lute.
3: Thou hast given victory unto kings, and hast delivered David thy servant from the peril of the sword.
1: Save me, and deliver me from the hand of strangers, whose mouth talketh of vanity, and their right hand is a right hand of iniquity.
3: That our sons may grow up as the young plants, and that our daughters may be as the polished corners of the temple.
1: That our garners may be full and plenteous with all manner of store. That our sheep may bring forth thousands and ten thousands in our fields.
3: That our oxen may be strong to labor. That there be no decay, no leading into captivity, and no complaining in our streets.
1: Happy are the people that are in such a case. Yea, blessed are the people who have the Lord for their God.
3: Glory be to the Father, and to the Son, and to the Holy Ghost
0: was in the beginning,
1: is now, and ever shall be, world without end. Amen.
3: Here begins the eighth verse of the third chapter of the book of Zephaniah. Therefore wait for me, says the Lord, until the day I rise up for plunder. My determination is to gather the nations to my assembly of kingdoms, to pour on them my indignation, all my fierce anger. All the earth shall be devoured with the fire of my jealousy. For then I will restore to the peoples a pure language, that they all may call on the name of the Lord, to serve him with one one accord. From beyond the rivers of Ethiopia, my worshippers, the daughter of my dispersed ones, shall bring my offering. In that day you shall not be shamed for any of your deeds in which you transgress against me. For then I will take away from your midst those who rejoice in your pride, and you shall no longer be haughty in my holy mountain. I will leave in your midst a meek and humble people, and they shall trust in the name of the Lord. The remnant of Israel shall do no unrighteousness and speak no lies, nor shall a deceitful tongue be found in their mouth, for they shall feed their flocks and lie down, and no one shall make them afraid. Sing, O daughter of Zion, shout, O Israel, be glad and rejoice with all your heart, O daughter of Jerusalem. The Lord has taken away your judgments. He has cast out your enemy. The King of Israel, the Lord, is in your midst. You shall see disaster no more. In that day it shall be said to Jerusalem, Do not fear. Zion, let not your hands be weak. The Lord God is in your midst. The Mighty One, he will save. He will rejoice over you with gladness. He will quiet you with his love. He will rejoice over you with singing. I will gather those who sorrow over the appointed assembly who are among you, to whom its reproach is a burden. Behold, at that time I will deal with all who afflict you. I will save the lame and gather those who were driven out. I will appoint them for praise and fame in every land where they were put to shame. At that time I will bring you back, even at the time I gather you. For I will give you fame and praise among all the peoples of the earth. When I return your captives before your eyes, says the Lord. Here ends the first lesson.
1: Amen.
2: There begins the 14th
3: chapter of the letter of St. Paul to the Romans. Receive one who is weak in the faith, but not to disputes over doubtful things. For one believes he may eat all things, but he who is weak eats only vegetables. Let not him who eats despise him who does not eat, and let not him who does not eat judge him who eats, for God has received him. Who are you to judge another servant? To his own master he stands or falls. Indeed, he will be made to stand for God is able to make him stand. One person esteems one day above another, another esteems every day alike. Let each be fully convinced in his own mind. He who observes the day observes it to the Lord and he who does not observe the day to the Lord, he does not observe it. He who eats, eats to the Lord for he gives God thanks. And he who does not eat, to the Lord he does not eat, and gives God thanks. For none of us lives to himself, and no one dies to himself. For if we live, we live to the Lord, and if we die, we die to the Lord. Therefore, whether we live or die, we are the Lord's. For to this end, Christ died and rose and lived again, that he might be Lord of both the dead and the living. But why do you judge your brother? Or why do you show contempt for your brother? For we shall all stand before the judgment seat of Christ. For it is written, as I live, says the Lord, every knee shall bow to me, and every tongue shall confess to God. So then each of us shall give an account of himself to God. Therefore, let us not judge one another any more, but rather resolve this, not to put a stumbling block or a cause to fall in our brother's way. I know and am convinced by the Lord Jesus that there is nothing unclean of itself, but to him who considers anything to be unclean, to him it is unclean. Yet, if your brother is grieved because of your food, you are no longer walking in love. Do not destroy with your food the one for whom Christ died. Therefore, do not let your good be spoken of as evil. For the kingdom of God is not eating and drinking, but righteousness and peace and joy in the Holy Spirit. For he who serves Christ in these things is acceptable to God and approved by men. Therefore, let us pursue the things which make for peace and the things by which one may edify another. Do not destroy the work of God for the sake of food. All things indeed are pure, but it is evil for the man who eats with offense. It is good neither to eat meat nor drink wine nor do anything by which your brother stumbles or is offended or is made weak. Do you have faith? Have it to yourself before God. Happy is he who does not condemn himself in what he approves. But he who doubts is condemned if he eats because he does not eat from faith. For whatever is not from faith is sin. Here ends the second lesson.
0: And do thy ministers with righteousness.
3: And make thy chosen people joyful.
0: O Lord, save thy people.
3: And bless thine inheritance.
1: Give peace in our time, O Lord.
3: For it is thou, Lord, only that makest us dwell in safety.
1: O God, may clean our hearts within us.
3: And take not thy Holy Spirit from us.
1: Almighty and everlasting God, who art always more ready to hear than we to pray, and art wont to give more than either we desire or deserve, pour down upon us the abundance of thy mercy, forgiving us those things whereof our conscience is afraid, and giving us those good things which we are not worthy to ask, but through the merits and mediation of Jesus Christ thy Son, our Lord. Amen. O God, from whom all holy desires, all good counsels, and all just works do proceed, Amen.
0: Good evening, everyone.
1: Good Thursday to you. Looking at our um, colic this week, someone asked me last night um, about the part of the colic where it says, forgiving us those things whereof our conscience is afraid. And they asked me, said, what does that mean? And so I answered very honestly. I said, I don't know. But you're lucky you have me and I have a book and I looked it up. So that colic, um, our conscience is afraid to ask, the original colic was uh, altered in the 1549 prayer book. um the It was probably a l- little closer to the original Latin, and my thought was if it was closer to the original Latin, it was maybe a little clearer in meaning. And back in the 1549, it was, Go, O God of the heavenly powers, who bestow us more than we desire or deserve, grant we beseech thee that by thy mercy that may be confirmed upon us, which we have not the confidence in our merits to ask. So uh, our conscience being afraid is probably a better uh, rendition would be, which we have not the confidence in our merits to ask. In other words, it's not our works that we go to. We are only saved and we're only um, justified through faith in Jesus. So that's what our colleague is telling us, but it was in maybe some words that were... um, not quite sure if they're 1928-ish, but they're, it was maybe not something that we would normally read and go, oh, yeah, I get that. So I thought I would just clear that up for you in case you have the same question. Um, hope that clears it up and doesn't make it more muddy. So along those lines, though, we talk about the last few days in the morning, we've been reading about J, uh, David's great sin uh, with Bathsheba. And it's been uh, juxtaposed with Jesus' substitutionary death to pay for even the most heinous of sins. And so as we go into our Psalm today in Psalm 144, uh, guesses that David might have written that before the Bathsheba sin, but it also describes who David is before the sin, during the sin and after the sin. He, he always turned back to God and always was um, a man of God. Even, even in his mistakes, he, he would repent, take uh, responsibility and, and move back, back to the Lord. So in uh, Psalm 144.1, he calls God his rock. So his foundation is God. It's solid and unshakable, even though he sinned greatly. And so in uh, the second verse, we read about uh, benefits of, of God. And one of them is his loving kindness. He's a fortress, a high tower, a deliverer, and a shield, and a refuge. In other words, we can we can uh, count on him for our protection and, and our well-being. So that's a, an attitude David had about God is that um, that he turns to God for his deliverance and for his uh, hope uh, so in Zephaniah, what we see Zephaniah was a kind of a hard prophet to read because he was um pretty straightforward in the in what the judgment was going to be, and it didn't sound like a really good thing to be involved in in the day of the Lord because of the the um severity of the judgment but in in this chapter it's the final section starts unveiling the the blessings and restoration of God's people and the nations in, in, in that, in that day, in the day of the Lord. And we'll see a little bit more about that in a minute. But in uh, verse 17, he's rejoicing over his people and it kind of harkens back to Isaiah in 62, 4. It's about a, a bridegroom. The, God rejoices and loves us like a bride, a bridegroom loves his bride. And so, um, he, he treats us, he greets us and exults over us with gladness and song and uh we are his delight if if we can imagine that after you know how far far apart we are for him without his son but he does look at us and i think if you think of a wedding in those days i think the closest thing we have is at the beginning when the groom and his men are up at the front and then the bride makes her entrance and comes down in those times there was a um a betrothal was made the engagement started And then the man or the the bridegroom went and prepared a place for her and then came back. And we never knew what day it was. And suddenly the music would start and they knew he was coming. So that's that's the idea. So these people don't know when God's going to deliver them. They don't know when that day's coming, but their job's to get ready. And so we see in verse 19, behold at that time. And so we've already talked about in that day. And this is behold at that time. And in that time, he will deal. He will save. He will gather and he will appoint. So he's going to gather the people that that needed him and and had faith in him and appoint them to fame. But the fame is going to be because of their faith. Um, And in verse 20, we read, at that time again, so that time is coming, and in that place he'll gather and give. So we could see why David depended on the Lord and why the Lord is his rock. And so Paul's talking to us in these last five chapters of Romans. He's explaining um uh, explained how Jews and Gentiles can get together mature and immature can be together, and he's explaining how we're to practically live out this uh the truth that he laid out in chapters one through eleven, which is the same truth that we've been reading about is that god is is gracious, God is powerful God is good and god's God wants us to uh believe and and be a part of his kingdom so the um what we know from what Paul wrote in some of his other letters and in Romans that there, were, there was always this infighting that went on. So, you know, some people like, hey, you ate that meat and it was sacrificed to an idol. And Some of the more mature pe- uh, Christians knew that there is no idol, there's no such thing. And so what he's saying is, can you guys knock it off and uh, maybe get along together? And so what he actually suggested to the more mature Christians, you can probably hold off for the weak guys because you don't want to blow them out because of their lack of faith but it was between each person and God, because we have this responsibility to God ourselves, because if we're not sharp ourselves, then we're no good to the community. And we have this community responsibility and individual responsibility. So uh, Paul writes about that. And so each one of us should be looking to, what do I need to do to get closer to God? So, and also that how that makes me a, a, a better part of the team or better able to serve the team, which is the community. And it's not because they need us, it's because uh we need them and we need God. So that that's what Paul's calling us to is to be mature instead of being um sometimes the little crybabies that they had. Uh and also some of the people that were rich, and so they had they were putting together something. It was oil and vin oil and uh water, like the Jews and the Gentiles, but uh through the Holy Spirit, through faith in God through um teaching and exhortation from the apostles and the leaders that they were able to 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 get it together. Not every one of them, but they did work it together. So in our passages, we've learned that God's dependable and he's our hope. He promises to deliver and he's never um, not not fulfilled his promise. So we actually are living in the deliverance at this time and we're waiting for the fulfillment of that deliverance. So as a result, we can say, as the uh, psalmist said at the very end of 144, uh, happy are the people who are in such a state Happy are the people whose God is the Lord. Let's continue with the intercession on page 590. And accept, O Lord, our intercession for all mankind. Let the light of thy gospel shine upon all nations, and may as many as have received it live as becomes it. Be gracious unto thy church, and grant that every member of the same, in his vocation and ministry, may serve thee faithfully. Bless all in authority over us and so rule their hearts and strengthen their hands, that they may punish wickedness and vice, and maintain thy true religion and virtue. Send down thy blessings, temporal and spiritual, upon all our relations, friends, and neighbors. Reward all who have done us good, and pardon all those who have done or wish us evil, and give them repentance and better minds. Be merciful to all who are in any trouble, especially those for whom we make our prayers at this
0: time. And do thou, the God of pity,
1: administer to them according to their several necessities for his sake who went about doing good, thy Son, our Savior, Jesus Christ. Amen. The grace of our Lord Jesus Christ and the love of God and the fellowship of the Holy Ghost be with us all evermore. Amen. I'm thankful for each one of you and thankful for Aaliyah who helped us out today and got us through this and allowed us to worship our Lord. Good to see you all. Thank you. Thank you, Bob.
2: Thank you, Aaliyah. Thanks, Aaliyah. Have a good night, everybody.